We are in Yvamos Amartes Amar Aleph on the bottom, 69a, starting a new Mishnah. And we will be completing the parak, the chapter, uh, this week. And beginning the eighth, the next chapter, next week, the eighth chapter, a very interesting uh, chapter. We are in the middle of the discussion, the overall discussion, of who is allowed to eat Truma, who is not allowed to eat Truma. Truma is the special food that is given to the Kohanim, to those who are Kohen, or uh, as we mentioned in the past, somehow connected to the Kohen, whether it's the wife of a Kohen, the child of a Kohen, uh, the slave, the non-Jewish slave of a Kohen, uh, the animal of a Kohen, all those people or animals are allowed to also eat Truma. Uh, So the mission now is going to be discussing different cases, but for the most part, the Mishnah will be discussing uh, the scenario where there is a wife of a Kohen. She herself is not a Kohen. Uh, they have a child, um, and then their her husband passes away, so she's no longer married to a Kohen, but there's still some connection to that marriage uh, through this child. So then she's allowed, in general, she's allowed to eat truma as a result of that. Uh, there's a discussion, is it because of the child exclusively, or is it because the child is a continuation of that marriage, uh, which is more of an in-depth analysis of that. But either way, uh, the mother would be allowed to eat truma because of the child. Uh, the mission will be discussing different scenarios where you might have, <laughs> excuse me, you might have thought otherwise, or uh, it doesn't apply in that scenario so the Mishnah will be going through those different cases. So let's start the Mishnah. The Mishnah first starts off by saying, Forget about a child. First, uh, they discuss, we know that if they're married, so then she's allowed to eat truma. What happens if they're not married? So what are the cases where they're not married? So case number one and two is where uh, they have sexual relations outside the context of marriage. Just uh, anytime it's not for the purposes of marriage, including if it's done willingly or if it's done unwillingly, God forbid, if it's a rape, um, outside the context of a marriage. So there doesn't impact uh, her, her status. If she, was, if she was with a Kohen, she's not allowed to eat truma, still not allowed to eat truma, even though she had sexual relations with a Kohen. If she is the daughter of a Kohen and she had sexual relations with a Yisrael, with a non-Kohen, she still is allowed to eat truma because she's the daughter of a Kohen. Similarly, if she uh, attempts to get married to somebody who is halakhically defined as a shota, somebody who is not in touch with reality, who is, um, who is mentally incapable of being in touch with reality, uh, this is something that we discussed actually in Chagiga. That was a discussion that we had in Chagiga about a shota. So they are not able to get married. It's not viewed as a halachic marriage. They don't, we don't recognize it as a marriage. So in that case also, even though they think they're married, perhaps uh, it wouldn't have any halachic ramifications, certainly with regards to truma. And finally, the last case, before we get into children, is vim'in and ruin love of Israel, hare ilu poslin. Similarly, and this is something that we've discussed from the last mission already and the Gemara, is that somebody who is, let's say, a halal, let's say you have a child from, a, from an illicit relationship, uh, so let's say the Kohen married a Gerusha. The Kohen married somebody who's divorced. That child is a Chalal. 
uh, is viewed as a halal, the male is viewed as a halal, when he marries somebody else, uh, so then she becomes a halala, and she is now no longer able to eat uh, truma. So that would be the case of of uh, of another case, that's a different case where they become disqualified by having a relationship with somebody who is a halal, uh, that makes them disqualified from eating truma. Says the Mishnah, Ketzad, how does this all play out? So the Mishnah now explains the different scenarios. Yisrael Shabal Abbas Kohen So if you have a Yisrael who uh, has sexual relations, this is all outside the context of marriage, with the daughter of a Kohen, she's allowed to continue eating Truma, as we mentioned before. Turn to the page to 69b. Ibra, let's say she becomes pregnant. Once she becomes pregnant, lo Tocha She is no longer able to eat Truma. Not because of the relationship, but we said that anytime, this is a rule that we've had in the past, that anytime she's pregnant, she's not allowed to eat truma, whether she's the daughter of a Kohen or the daughter of Yisrael who is married to a Kohen uh, or, or the child is from that Yisrael. We say you're not allowed to eat truma. Once you're pregnant, you're not allowed to eat truma. Um, however, if there's a miscarriage and she's the daughter of a Kohen, uh, so she, now she's allowed to continue eating truma. Or, as Rashi points out, Let's say she gives birth, and then, uh, unfortunately, uh, tragically, uh, the the child dies. So then she's also allowed to return and eat. She's allowed to go back and eat truma as well. Okay, and then and similarly in the opposite case, If you have a kohen who has sexual relations with uh, a, the daughter of a yisrael, somebody who's not a kohen, so then it doesn't have any ramifications because this is outside the context of marriage. Lo truma. She's not allowed. To eat truma, she's not allowed to eat truma because she's the daughter of Israel, and the fact that she had sexual relations with the coming doesn't make a difference. Ibra, if she becomes pregnant, uh, she's still not allowed to eat because she's not. She's only allowed to eat truma if it's the child with a kohen and the child is born. But if she's pregnant, she's not allowed to yalda if she eats. So then tocha, then she is. Sorry, if she uh, gives birth, so then she is allowed to eat truma because now she has a child. Where the father is a Kohen. And the mission points out, It comes out, it's interesting, it comes out that the child has more of an impact, plays more of a role than the father. Because the father, this is all outside the context of a marriage, they had sexual relations outside the context of a marriage, that does not allow her to eat truma. However, once she gives birth, the child does allow her to eat truma. So we see that the child has more of an impact than the <coughs> father. Okay, the Mishnah now, it's a somewhat of a longer Mishnah. The Mishnah now goes through three other cases where either the child does not allow her to eat truma, as we will explain, or the child does allow her to eat truma, even though you would think the opposite, or potentially would have thought the opposite. Case number one is an Eved. Uh, an Eved is a non-Jewish slave. So a non-Jewish slave, if the child ends up being a non-Jewish slave, and the, Gemara will ex- the Mishnah will explain how you could come up with such a scenario, uh, but once it's a non-Jewish slave, uh, we automatically assume that there is no connection between that non-Jewish slave who is a child and the mother. There is no connection, and so therefore, even though in general children allow their mothers to eat truma, let's say if the child and the father was a Kohen, you would be in general allowed to eat truma, but in this scenario where you don't have a halacha connection to that child because it's a non-Jewish slave, so then you are not allowed to eat truma. Uh, so 
Or, or the opposite. Either you're not allowed to eat truma if you're the daughter of Yisrael, or you are allowed to continue eating truma if you're the daughter of a Kohen, where the father is not, not a Kohen, you would be allowed to continue eating truma. So in Eved, a non-Jewish slave does disqualify if a woman has sexual relations with a non-Jewish slave. Uh, so then that does disqualify her, that's something that we've discussed in the past, from eating truma, because that's a, uh, a prohibition to have sexual relations with a non-Jewish slave. Or, or any non-Jew for that matter, that would disqualify her from eating truma. When it comes to the children, the non-Jewish slave does not disqualify her um, if, let's say, she's the daughter of a Kohen, as, as we will see. So, Ketzad, what exactly is the case? How, how would we explain the case? Bas Yisrael Kohen or Bas Kohen Yisrael. Let's say you have the daughter of Yisrael who's married to a Kohen, or the daughter of a Kohen who's married to Yisrael. V'yaldai men ben, they have a child. Okay, they have a child, a son. That son then um, has relations, sexual relations with a maid servant, with a non-Jewish female a servant. And then they have a, a son. Through that, that son automatically becomes a slave. And that's a non-Jewish slave. Uh, it goes based on the mother. The mother is not Jewish. This is an Eved. So this this grandchild ends up being a grandchild of this uh, original relationship is a slave. So what happens if the son passes away? So if the son passes away, the only remaining ch- descendant is this grandchild who is a slave, a non-Jewish slave. So we say, If the grandmother, if his father's mother uh, was uh, born as a Yisrael, the daughter of Yisrael, who married a Kohen, uh, she's not allowed to eat truma because we don't view this grandchild as halachically as a descendant of this grandmother uh, or the grandfather of the Kohen to be viewed as a continuation. So therefore, she does not eat truma. Baskoin Lishal, similarly, if she was originally a, a, a Kohen, the daughter of a Kohen who married Yisrael, tochal truma. she's allowed to continue eating truma even though she was married to Yisrael. Her husband passed away. Her child passed away. The only connection he has now is to this grandchild who is a non-Jewish slave so we say it's not viewed as a continuation of that marriage. We don't view her as a non-Kohen. No, we say it goes back to prior to the marriage where she was a Kohen. She was the daughter of a Kohen. She can then go ahead and eat truma. That is all the case of a non-Jewish slave where the child, or in our case really, the grandchild is a non-Jewish slave. The next case is a mamzer. A mamzer is a child from an illicit relationship. Uh... And we had a whole discussion what type of illicit relationship, but the way we pass and the way we hold is that specifically from a prohibition of, of curries, of an early death, or of the death penalty. So if you have a child or grandchild who's a mamzer, that still is your child. If it's a non-Jewish slave, halakhically, you don't have that connection. But if it's a mamzer, so then you do have that connection. So so that would impact uh, the status of the mother in terms of whether or not she's allowed to eat truma. Because it doesn't make a difference that he's a that he's a mamzer. In the end of the day, it's still a child. In either case, uh, so let's say in either scenario, whether she's the daughter of Israel, daughter of a Kohen who marries the opposite, and she has a daughter, that daughter then goes ahead and marries a non-Jew, a non-Jew, and they have a child. So we'll see from the Gemara. According to the Mishnah, this opinion holds that the child, the grandchild, then is a mamzer. Uh, not everybody agrees to this. This is something that we've also discussed in the past. What happens in a relationship between a 
Jewish mother and a non-Jewish father is the child of mamzer or not, but at least in according to our Mishnah, the child the child is a mamzer, which is not how we pass in that, not how we uh, follow according to the halacha. But this Mishnah does hold like that. So we say, So we say that this is, it's still a child, even though it's a, it's a, he's a mamzer, uh, he's still Jewish, and he's still viewed as a child. So therefore, if his grandmother was married to a Kohen, the grandmother could continue eating truma, even if the husband passed away and the daughter passed away. She could still continue eating truma because the grandson is still around, and he's a, even though he's a mamzer. If the grandmother married Israel, so then she's not allowed to eat truma because she's not viewed as Israel as a non-Kohen. And finally, the last case in this Mishnah, Bas Kohen, sorry, Kohen Gadol, Pa'amisho Posal, you could even have a grandchild who's the Kohen Gadol, who's the high priest, and he could still disqualify his grandmother from eating truma. Ironically, he himself is the Kohen Gadol, and he could disqualify his grandmother from eating truma. What's the case? Ketad, Bas Kohen Yisrael. If you have the daughter of a Kohen who's married to a Yisrael, to a non-Kohen, she has a, they have a daughter. The daughter marries a Kohen. And they have now the grandson is a son who's a Kohen. He has the potential of becoming the Kohen Gadol because his father's a Kohen. So he could serve in the base of Megdash, in the temple. He allows his mother to eat truma because his mother was not a Kohen, married a Kohen. So even if his father passes away, the husband passes away, but since there's a child, so he allows his mother to eat truma. However, he disqualifies his grandmother from eating truma because his grandmother, if he would be the only descendant, his grandmother married a Yisrael, a non-Kohen. The daughter passed away, and he's the only, and the husband passed away. He's the only connection. This disqualifies his grandmother from eating truma because it's viewed as a continuation of that marriage to a non-Kohen. Ironically, Zozo marriage, lo kibini Kohen gadol shupos truma. This is uh, what it means when some say that, ah, it's uh, it's it's uh, not great that uh, my grandson, who's the Kohen gadol, who's the high priest, disqualifies me from eating truma because since I married a Yisrael, sorry, a Yisrael, a non-Kohen, and this is the only uh, lasting connection now I, I, I continue that connection and I become disqualified from eating truma. Okay, let's begin the Gemara. The Gemara goes into a few side topics. The Gemara first says, going back to the original case of the Shota, the one who is uh, not in touch with reality and we don't uh, recognize their marriage. The Gemara says, Tanina lahad We have a, uh, a similar Brisa, Brisa, which is a teaching from the times of the Mishnah, uh, as a similar idea. If you have somebody who is not in touch with reality, or a katan, a minor, and they get married, and they die without children, uh, so then we say there's no there's no concept of yibam rechalitza. You don't have to do yibam rechalitza. Why? Because it's not a recognized marriage. It's not a recognized marriage to begin with. So there is no idea of doing yibam rechalitza. Okay, fine. The Gemara now continues. In the next uh, in the next part of the Mishnah, we said that if you have a case, this is uh, having sexual relations outside the context of marriage, where uh, she's the daughter of a Kohen, who has sexual relations with a Yisrael, with somebody who's not a Kohen, we say she's allowed to continue eating truma until she becomes pregnant. Once she becomes pregnant, she's not allowed to eat truma. Whenever you're pregnant, you're not allowed to eat truma. Uh, but until she's pregnant, so then she's allowed to eat truma. So the Gemara says, I understand. 
Kevin de Ibra, Lo Socha, Lecha Shem Ibra. If she's not allowed to eat Truma once she's pregnant, as the daughter of a Kohen, because once you become pregnant uh, and uh, it's through uh, the, the father, let's say, who is Israel, uh, and she becomes pregnant, she's not allowed to eat Truma. Why aren't we concerned that maybe she is pregnant? What do you mean until we know that she's pregnant? If they're having sexual relations outside the context of marriage, we should be concerned that maybe she is pregnant. So she should never be allowed to eat truma because maybe she's pregnant right now. Milotan, and how do I know that we're even concerned for a person becoming pregnant? We had a Mishnah earlier on. It was a little bit of a complex Mishnah where uh, sisters were interchanged. Uh, but in order to know uh, who who's the uh, who's the father of this child, let's say, so we say we tell them that we're concerned that uh, that they became pregnant even after the first time that they had sexual relations, um, and we told them that they have to separate for three months so that we know who the child is. So we are concerned for for p- people becoming pregnant even if it's, even if they just had sexual relations once. Um, so Amar Rabbi Barufuna so that's the question: Why are we concerned that they that she became pregnant? So, Rabbi Rav Huna says, First answer, answer number one is, maybe we have a higher standards when it comes to the status of the child. When it comes to the status of the child, who is the father of this child? We'll have higher standards. We'll tell them, you know what? We are concerned that maybe uh, she became pregnant. But when it comes to eating truma, we don't have such high standards. We're not concerned that she became, tr- became pregnant and that she's disqualified from eating truma. No, we don't have such high standards to be concerned for that. The Gemara says, is that even true? Will Truma lo chashashu? We're not concerned for Truma. We have a b'risa which says that, let's say a person gives a divorce document to his wife. And you make it on a condition. You're allowed to make it on a condition that it should only uh, take place the moment before I die. So that you don't die as a widow, but you die as somebody who is uh, divorced. Um, and, And it'll take place a moment before I die. We say that she is not allowed to eat truma right away. We don't allow her to eat truma right away because we are concerned. By truma, we see that we are concerned even for, uh, for we have higher standards that we are concerned that maybe he's about to die and the divorce takes place at the moment that he's about to die. Not when he dies, but when he's about to die. And so therefore we should always be concerned and therefore this woman is not allowed to eat truma. Even though her husband's a Kohen, she should be able to eat truma. But we say, no, you're not allowed to eat truma because we are concerned that at some point, at any moment, it could be the scenario where he's about to die. Um, so she's not allowed to eat truma. So we see that we do have high standards for truma. So so too over here, we should have high standards for truma to say that we should be concerned that the mother's pregnant, even if we don't know if she's pregnant. So El Amar Rabba now gives a different answer. The same person, he gives a different answer and he says, that, you know what, okay, this is the difference. We are always concerned that, that maybe we'll have higher standards when it comes to in the context of a marriage. In the context of marriage, maybe she'll become pregnant. But we had an idea earlier that if they're having sexual relations outside the context of the marriage, she will make sure that she's not going to become pregnant. She will go um, out of her way to make sure that she doesn't become pregnant if it's, they're having sexual relations outside the context of marriage. And that's our case of our Mishnah. They're having sexual relations outside the context of marriage. So she's going to make sure that she doesn't become pregnant. So if we're not concerned, if she becomes pregnant in the end of the day, so then fine. So we'll say she's not allowed to eat truma then. But until that point in time, we won't be concerned. The Gemara says, Are we even concerned? The Gemara now goes back and says, Are we even concerned that uh, she'll become pregnant 
in, within the context of marriage, or is that even true? That even within the context of marriage, we're concerned that she become pregnant. If you have the daughter of a Kohen who's married to a non-Kohen and the husband passes away, she's allowed to go to the mikvah because of the certain tumma uh, impurity that's associated with the act of sexual relations. So we know that they had sexual relations or we assume they had sexual relations. Uh, so she has to go to the mikvah and then she's allowed to eat truma that night, the night after. But we should be concerned that maybe... Uh, she became pregnant. This is within the context of a marriage. The husband then passed away. We know we should say that you have to wait three months because maybe maybe she's pregnant until we know for sure whether or not she is pregnant or she's not pregnant. Uh, so how, how is it possible that she's allowed to eat truma right away? So Amar of Chista, Rav Chista answers, Tovelas Velchelas Adarbayim. Dilom Abra, Halom Abra, Vim Abra, Adarbayim, Maya Ba'amahi. So this is a famous... Uh, line, uh, which is Rav Chista says, you know what? Uh, what does it mean she's allowed to eat right away? She has 40 days to eat. Assuming that this was, they only had sexual relations once uh, right before he passed away uh, and it took place <coughs> excuse me took place right before he passed away so then she has 40 days. Why? Because for the first 40 days it's not viewed as a fetus. For the first 40 days the, 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 the Gemara says it's like Maya Ba'ama, it's just like water. So after 40 days, okay, we're concerned, so she can't eat truma. But for the first 40 days, she uh, she's allowed to eat truma because it's not viewed as a fetus. Just to point out, however, we do paskan, we do rule that even though it's viewed as just water, we we do violate Shabbos in order to save that type of a fetus within the first 40 days. That is the halachic ruling, that we do we would we would violate Shabbos in order to save uh, such a fetus. Let's just finish the Gemara. Amr lei Abaye. Abaye says, Yehachim the that Brisa um, says in the end that if in the end of the day we know that she's pregnant, right? That was the case uh, where she's allowed to eat truma that night after her husband passed away. It says, but if we find out that she's pregnant, uh, so then Limafreya retroactively she did something wrong. So what does it mean, my mekulkelis adarbaim? It only means that she did something wrong after the forty days, but not for the first forty days. You would have to say it's after the forty days. But not for the first forty days. So a very interesting uh, idea that for the first forty days there's a different halachic status for the fetus than uh, moving forward. Okay, we'll continue with this gemara in the next recording.